Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are on to week 18, the dreaded week of the fantasy calendar of the DFS calendar, the one where we don't know who's playing, who who's not. You know, how long are they gonna play? Are they gonna play a half? Are they gonna play the full game? You know, we have some teams that we know that they're gonna have to play their starters the entire game and treat this, you know, as a must-win game, but uh, that is few and far between. And some of the games that we'd want to play aren't even on the slate, like the, the Raiders and Chargers, but obviously that's the Sunday night game. But regardless of that, we are we are here. I do think there is some edge to be had to be paying attention to the news and really understanding who, you know, what what's happening with each team. It's kind of like a little bit of the NFL or the the preseason DFS in that regard. And I think you can have a big edge there when it comes to that. But I would also um, maybe not look to be so um, aggressive as you normally would be on a normal main slate uh, and be a little bit less aggressive and save some of that money for the NFL playoffs that we get next week. But regardless of that, boys, I am with, as always, Maddie D, Maddie 2v2, Maddie Buckets, and joining us for the first time on the DFS DJ Nation airwaves, Walido, always in the chat, always in the Discord. What is going on, boys? I'm good over here. I'm excited to do uh, my first show with Walido. I know he's joined joined you guys on you know other shows that we've had, but uh, definitely excited to chop it up. He's he's on despite being on the show, he's already throwing us five dollars super chats. So uh, that's what, that's what Walido does. So uh, Walido, it's good to, good to have you on here. Excited to do this with you. Uh, it's the first ever week eighteen, uh, so should be an interesting slate. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's great, you know. I was in the chat. It's great, um, but uh, I'm excited to finally be able to discuss everything with you boys. Um, stop typing it all in the chat, and uh, usually on a 20 second lag. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know, just talk about the players I'm interested in, because there's a lot of players that I have a lot of interest in this week. But we'll talk about it. All right. Well, let's just do that. Let's just jump right in. Uh, waste no time. Let's start talking about. We go player by player here, uh, position by position. No, no matchups here. So, I appreciate everybody listens to this on the podcast. We've had a lot. We've, it's been a great year in terms of the numbers this year. So, I appreciate everybody's been rocking with us all season. It's been weird not really having Ryan here, but we persevered. And you know, I mean, on, on you know, some belief that maybe maybe we've done a better job without Ryan. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know. But uh, Miss Ryan, hopefully we can get him on for one of the playoff shows. Anyways, let's talk about quarterbacks. Start things off. Josh Allen, 8,100. We got Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't sound like if he does play, who knows how long. It doesn't, I, I'm not 
I'm scratching them off. I, I cannot play Aaron Rodgers and believe that they're going to play a full game. They have the number one. They have the number one seed locked up. There's no incentive to play Aaron Rodgers very long, even though they've kind of uh, said that they, they haven't really figured out how long they're going to play. Then you got Tom Brady at 7,500, who's not going to have Antonio Brown. Kyler Murray at 7,400. Uh, Joe Burrow is out. He is not playing. Lamar Jackson does not sound like he's going to play either. Uh, Matt Stafford at 6,700. Russell Wilson at 6,300. Taysom Hill at 6,200. Kirk Cousins, who is back this week from the COVID, 6,100. And then Ryan Tannehill at 6K. And that's the, the that is the upper echelon of quarterback. Where are we starting at this week? Walita, go ahead, kick us off. So I'm starting down, down on the list this week. Um, I've played down pretty much every week myself. Yeah, and uh, I know you may not like this, it may sound biased, but take some hill, sixty-two hundred. This week against Atlanta, this is a must-win game for the Saints if they want to make the playoffs. Um, if they do not win this game, they have, they are out of the playoffs. Um, we know how bad Atlanta's defense is. They've allowed the fourth most DK points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, and we just know what Taysom Hill can do. Like, And I remember last year, the two games he played against Atlanta, he was solid. He put up solid numbers against Atlanta last year. Um, yes, he had Michael Thomas, but that doesn't really change anything for me. He he can run for 100, 100 yards or 150 and run for two touchdowns. I believe he had four or three or four rushing touchdowns in those, in those two games against Atlanta. Um, yeah, he scored 25 know, DK points in both of them. Yeah, so, you know, I have some interest in playing him naked. Um, but I, just because of his rushing upside, but, um, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about also stacking him with Marcus Callaway, who's only 5k on DraftKings. Um, and Callaway also has gone over a hundred yards, uh, the last, each of the last two weeks, he's gone over a hundred yards. Um, he's basically the only target for Jason Hill. He always tries to find Marcus Callaway, um, in, in a must-win game against Atlanta, I really like Jason Hill this week. I saw your disagreement there, Kev. I don't mind them. I I, I don't mind the play. Um, it's I mean, even if they win, it's, it's I mean they're going to have to play their starters anyways. Obviously, they have to win, but you know, but they also need things to happen for them to make it in anyway. Um, it's not like it's a win the win situation. Um, you know, they need help to get in. But, no, I, I don't mind it. I, th- and I think it is a good matchup. You look at Atlanta's defense, they have struggled. They have allowed the fourth most DK points to the position. Uh, they have allowed the 14th fewest passing yards but the sixth most passing touchdowns. Um, and then they've allowed the third most rushing yards to quarterback and eighth most rushing touchdowns, which obviously is right up Taysom Hill's alley. Uh, and he is not overly expensive. If I was going to play him, I don't think I would stack with anybody at all. Um and so I think I would just play him, you know, kind of naked there at 6,200. But I just think, but there's also just some quarterbacks that are around him that I just would have a little bit more interest in. Uh, you know, for me th- this week, I-, I think that, you know, there are some quarterbacks that uh, one, I mean, the, the upper echelon guys, it's, I mean, Josh Allen is obviously a smash play against the Jets. The Jets defense has been, has been pretty bad this year. Um, 
and Josh Allen has been, you know, really over the last four weeks has been the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, not named Joe Burrow, I guess. But um, I mean, he's averaged 27.9 DK points over his last four games. He also leads all quarterbacks and rushing yards over, and over that span. And it's by almost a hundred yards, which really not even close. Uh, the Bills are, you know, a pass-heavy offense. Bills are, you know, passing at the fifth highest rate in the league. Uh, he's also fifth in deep ball attempts, uh, second in red zone attempts, and sixth in air yard per attempt. Um, and the Jets, as we know, are terrible, you know, at all phases on defense. Uh, they allow the sixth most DK points to quarterbacks and the fourth most passing yards on the season, but only the 14th most touchdowns. But a lot of that is because they've been so bad against the run. Teams have been able to just run against them once they get down there, and they don't really have to throw the ball as much. But uh, we have seen the Bills, you know, utilize the running game a little bit more, too. We've seen Devin Singletary really explode uh, over the last, you know, four or five weeks of the season as well. And he has become more of a mainstay there. But even Josh Allen, whenever we're talking about a slate where teams have to win, Buffalo has to win this game to win the division. And because, I mean, you're talking about losing really home field advantage if they lose this game. And I don't think that's the situation they want because I think they would, sw- would flip them and they would end up possibly going to play the Patriots, uh, on, you know, in, in New England. And that is not something that I would want to do. So this is kind of a must-win game for them. Now it is against the Jets, but we have a, well, we've also seen the Jets play pretty good football recently and really, you know, just gave the Bucks everything they wanted. Almost won that game. Really came down to a last-second play um, in that game. And then, you know, they've they've beat a couple teams prior to that, obviously. But um, so the Jets are a team that, you know, I don't think Buffalo can just walk in. And think they're just going to destroy him, but the, the Bills have to play their starters, so he he is very intriguing. But I also think he's going to be very chalky as well um, if you if you can get up to him because at his price at eighty one hundred, it is tough to get to him. But uh, the matchup is absolutely fantastic. And then you know the other quarterbacks here. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, Rogers. I don't think he's going to play. Tom Brady. I ain't playing him, especially with the weapons they have. And then you know Kyler Murray is in. The, obviously, the we have the Seattle Arizona game that has the highest total on the slate. Uh, and it's really not close. They're the only uh, slate in the game that's even above 45, and they're at 48. Um, so I think, you know, playing some Kyler Murray in this offense does make some sense there, you know, a game against Seattle. But other than that, you know, the high-priced quarterbacks, there's not a lot of options that truly stand out. Uh, I do like Carson, or excuse me, I do like uh, Kirk Cousins at 6,100, who's right below Taysom Hill in a matchup against the Bears. The Vikings have already said that they're planning on playing their starters a full, you know, full allotment. You know, nothing's going to be different here. This is, you know, in the dome, so we don't have to worry about weather or anything like that here for Kirk Cousins. And you know, this is kind of a game. I I, I would assume that Mike Zimmer kind of needs to win because uh, you know he has to be on the hot seat right now. They just got destroyed against the against the Packers. Obviously that was without Kirk Cousins because he was on COVID, but still this is kind of a good win. And I feel like that probably Mike Zimmer feels like he needs to win. Cause if they lose this game also to the bears, uh, Mike Zimmer very well could find his way out. And then, you know, down in the lower price tier of quarterback, um, I, I don't mind Kirk or Carson Wentz, but man, I feel like they're just gonna, they're just gonna feed, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Taylor could see 30 touches this week against Jacksonville. They don't really need to open up the offense. We've seen plenty of times this year, with with them that they are more than willing to just allow uh you know the the, the offense to run through Jonathan Taylor and only throw the ball you know t- you know 20 25 times with Carson Wentz here against Jacksonville so even though Carson Wentz is like 5800 in a great matchup against Jacksonville I just don't know how much they really throw the ball so that worries me there and then you you have Trey Lance who could be viable and then I think how about Big, big Ben how about Big Ben in his last game of his of his career going against Baltimore you know uh, a rivalry game a game that you know that probably isn't going to have Lamar Jackson against a uh, Baltimore pass defense that's been terrible this year, and 
you know, Big Ben going out in style one last time against Baltimore, you know, as a member of the Steelers. I don't mind that at 5,400, um, you know, pay, if you want to pay down uh, here and go a little bit narrative street. Yeah, the Big Ben call is interesting. I'd like it more if Deontay Johnson was going to play, but it sounds like he's going to miss with COVID, uh, which is unfortunate for Ben. But um, I don't know, man. It, if Ben was going to crush, I felt like it would have been the the home game, last home game of his career against Cleveland uh, this past week. And I know Baltimore has been really bad uh, defense, but, I mean, we saw the same thing with last week. We talked about how the Rams just kind of seemed like they were in a trappy spot. Uh, you know, with Burrow the week before throwing for 500 yards and four touchdowns and uh, Vegas pretty much saying that, you know, the Rams were going to have a decent game, but uh, not really crush. And the Rams ended up needing a last second field goal to 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 beat the Ravens. So, um, yeah, Pittsburgh's got one of the lower. To- they're like the eighth lowest total on this on the weekend with only a Vegas total of 18. So I. I like the narrative, and I'm sure Ryan would love it too if he was on the show. But uh, I, I don't think that I can get to to Big Ben this week. Um, and I was looking at I, you briefly mentioned Carson Wentz too. I was looking at him as well uh, because thinking about you know how it's a must win for Indy, and you could just you know Wentz isn't expensive, and I feel like Indy is one of the few teams that can score you know 35 to 40 points on this slate. Um, and you could play Wentz with Jonathan Taylor and probably play Pittman too and just get, you know, all of the Colts points. But uh, at the same time, if Taylor's hitting, you know, his ceiling to to warrant playing him at 9,300, I don't think it makes sense to, to pair Wentz with him uh, at that price tag. So I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be out on Wentz. I mean, he's, he threw the ball a decent amount last time against Jacksonville, uh, and, and he only put up seven DraftKings points. Uh, so it's, it's definitely concerning that he was not able to – you know, have production last time out against them. It's 22 of 34 for 180, no scores, uh, and seven seven DraftKings points against one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I agree. This Jacksonville run D has gotten much, much, much worse over the last uh, few weeks. We talked about at the beginning of the year how they were really good, so no reason for them not to rely on Jonathan Taylor here uh, in a must-win game. So that kind of has me off uh, Carson Wentz as well. Uh, the, the Taysom Hill call, I really like that. That's, he's probably, honestly, probably going to be the guy that I roll with this week uh, on my one team, assuming I don't play one team like I normally do. Um, but I disagree on, on running him naked. I think there is one guy you can consider uh, pairing him with, and that's Deontay Harris. Uh, Deontay's got six games that are double-digit points this year. He's $3,200. Uh, and, you know, we've seen Taysom Hill just – Every it seems like every game he takes one person with him. Last week it was Callaway, and it was actually uh, Deontay Harris uh, when they played against Dallas. Deontay scored twenty uh, DraftKings points, and that was the game. You know, Taysom ran for a hundred yards as well. So uh, there's definitely you know a, a decent correlation taking one wide receiver with Taysom, uh, and, and you know like you guys mentioned, Wally Doe, uh, Taysom crushed Atlanta in, in two of his four starts last year. He scored twenty five DraftKings points in both of them, and He's only 6,200. So uh, with having limited ceiling options on the slate with guys that can absolutely bear you, I mean, there's it's really two guys for me. It's it's Josh Allen and, and probably Kyler Murray are really the two that, you know, kind of semi-scare me if I don't play them. Uh, you know, Buffalo is going to have to play for – play to win here. They're playing at home against the Jets, who are one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um 
you know, Stefan Diggs has some, some contract incentives that he's trying to hit uh, to earn extra money. And, you know, Josh Allen will look his way. So, uh, I mean, there is a, a path to Josh Allen having a 40 point game here. It's definitely not out of the question. And then Kyler Murray, uh, in one of his two games against Seattle last year, he scored 41, and that included 360 yards passing. And I know, you know, we've kind of talked about Kyler this year isn't really running as much as he ran last year. Uh, and, and he's taken a hit as well in, in terms of production since DeAndre Hopkins has left. So I'm probably going to be out on Kyler, but I do think the, the ceiling is still there uh, in this divisional matchup against Seattle. Uh these these matchups, you know, these divisional matchups tend to run a lot of the times, you know, they tend to run uh, consistently year over year. There's usually not too many uh, different ways to approach playing each other. So, uh, you know, there definitely is a path for Kyler Murray to to get here in this one. So uh, I think he's interesting. But, yeah, I think I'm pretty much going to play Taysom Hill and uh, be off all the other guys for the reasons mentioned. I... Go ahead, Ken. No, I was just going to say, what could fucking possibly go wrong with, with, with going all in on Taysom Hill? I know. But, I mean, the man has one game all year of over 250 passing yards. If he's got to get there, it has to be on the ground. Uh, or more than likely, I would say, uh, that that's how he's going to have to get there is through his rushing upside. The thing that worries me is they just don't have to do a whole lot. And with their defense, the way their defense has been playing, and has really been suffocating teams and being very slow-paced and just not doing a whole lot. That's what worries me about Taysom Hill. And then if you end up, you know, Alvin Kamara or whatever, you know, uh, grabs a couple, you know, uh, goal line touches and seals touchdowns away from it, he doesn't get any passing touchdowns. It just seems like a really thin play. I mean, I, the matchup is totally there, and I'll probably have some exposure to him, but $6,200, and I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, if, like, especially like if Jimmy Garoppolo were to miss, I know he was limited today, but if, if he was uh, somehow to, to miss this game, um, you know, against them, I think Trey Lance would be a much better play at 5,500. Uh, you know, he got there last week, you know, at 20 DK points last week at a matchup where he only threw the ball 20 times because, you know, the rushing upside that he, that he possesses and the weapons that they have, I, I would, I would, uh, prefer that to playing him. Um, and so, and then I think the other one that we didn't talk about, I think is actually Huntley? Russell Wilson. Oh, I like Huntley too. I like Russell Wilson a lot this week um, at sixty three hundred dollars. Yep. Like you, one hundred percent. If Seattle can fuck up anything uh, for Arizona, they're, they're going to do it. And he's kind of started to play a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. I mean, last week he had twenty seven, almost twenty eight DK points. Now that was obviously against Detroit's defense, but you know uh, we have seen you know in the game against Houston he had twenty one point two. Even Chicago, he wasn't terrible. Had almost seventeen DK points there, and. Um, I think that, you know, this is a game that I think you could see uh, that I, I like uh, Russell Wilson at $6,300. He does have that ceiling uh, with, with all their pass catchers there that they have. And at this game, it, this is the highest total game on the slate. You know, I mean, so if, if nobody, if, if people are going to want to play like Kyler I, I, and nobody's going to want to go to the, the Seattle side of things, like I'm about that life of going with Russell Wilson at $6,300. And stacking him up with either DK or Tyler Lockett because neither one of them are really expensive either. So it's not really a super expensive stack. I mean, Tyler Lockett is sixty four hundred, and DK Metcalf is sixty nine hundred. So neither one of them cost a whole lot either. And so Russ, you know, in the highest total game on the slate, you know, and I, I don't know how many people are going to want to play him. And so 
Uh, and it was interesting today, too, not that this matters for this week, but that he actually came out today and said that uh, he wants to continue playing here. I thought that was interesting after, you know, so there's been a lot of speculation that he may want to get traded. Really, he's probably just trying to get Pete Carroll fired, which the, he, Pete Carroll should get fired because Pete Carroll's he a terrible coach. Yeah, but, you're right. I mean, uh, I'm not surprised because I don't think Russell Wilson would go out there and say, I don't want to play in Seattle or some shit like that. Um, so it makes sense that he's saying that. I don't think he would say anything else. But um, I really like the Russell Wilson call. Um, I'm surprised that he's only 6,300 because last week against Detroit, he was 6,200. Um, you know, he had a big game, but now he's 6,300. And I agree with Kev that I don't think I don't think he's going to be. I don't think there's going to be so much ownership with Russell Wilson this week. And obviously, as you said, the highest total on the slate. Um, and I just think this is a game that um, Seattle could just say fuck it and let Russell Wilson do whatever he wants to do. Um, and then we could see Russell Wilson throw the ball 30, 35, 40 times this week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. But uh, I really like Russell Wilson here as well. But one guy that I'm, I have some interest in, um, you talk about Big Ben as a pay down option. Um, I don't think I'm going to play Big Ben, but Davis Mills in a home game against Tennessee, I have some interest because Davis Mills, you know, he, he's been playing pretty well. He hasn't been playing bad at all um, since he's taken over for Tyrod Taylor. But I think stacking him with Brandon Cooks this week in a great matchup against Tennessee, they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, because Tennessee is going to try to win this game um, because they're Tennessee playing. Tennessee has to win this game. They yeah. lose. They lose the number one seed. Unless the Chiefs lose to the Broncos, but I don't see that happening. But um, that would be the only scenario where then they could just rest their starters. But we'll know that going in. Yeah, so they have to win this game. And so they're going to have to put points on the board. And that means the Texans are going to have to come back. And they're going to have to throw the ball. And I think that's going to go with Mills and Brandon Cooks. And um I think I have some interest in Davis Mills. I mean, he's only fifty three hundred. You know, if you will, if you really want to pay down a quarterback, I do have some interest in uh, in Davis Mills. I'd probably just play Huntley if I was going down low myself. He's fifty seven hundred, which I didn't even realize he was that low. I thought he was higher than that. Um, I mean, the Pittsburgh defense has been a shell of itself recently, and uh, we know Huntley can get there. I mean, he showed us two weeks ago that he's got thirty five point upside. So, I definitely have interest in Huntley. You know, with with all, especially with all the rumors surrounding, you know, big is Big Ben's last game ever, and you know the rivalry between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and Baltimore's got a shot to make the playoffs. Obviously, they need a, a ton of help, but I mean, there still is a possibility that Baltimore can make the playoffs while Pittsburgh is eliminated. So, um, you know, the Ravens are going to be out there, you know, pretty much gunning with everything they got, and we know Huntley is going to. We, we know who to stack him with. It's Mark Andrews. So. Uh, it's pretty easy stack there to make too. Um, and with, you know, with Deontay Johnson out on the other side, you know, that, that stack on Pittsburgh becomes pretty easy. Uh, you know, if you want to run one of Najee Harris or Claypool or Ray Ray McLeod or somebody like that. So, um, yeah, it's the thing that worries me, man, is so the, I'll say this: we, we talk about, not. we talk about all these cheap guys and then you look at the Vegas total and it's like 40 points and it's like, well, fuck, where are all my fantasy points going to come from? They're not going <laughs> to score any touchdowns. 
So, uh, by the way, the Steelers are not out of it. The Steelers can make the playoffs. They're not eliminated. I thought they were eliminated already. No. no so the Steelers, not, the, no. for the Steelers to get in, they have, obviously have to win. The Jags have to beat the Colts, and then um, okay, so they're eliminated. As long and then as long as the Raiders <laughs> and Chargers game doesn't end in a tie. I, I you say that now about the Jags, which is funny, but the Jaguars, the the Colts haven't beat the Jag. I think it's like five games. Uh, I, I think it's been like it's like five straight games. Yeah, they've lost. They haven't in, won in, in Jacksonville since 2014. And that that game that they played, you, you I mentioned mean, the Jets that. almost beat. Tom that was Brady a 23 to 17 the Lions game. Beat Arizona was, and right, and that was only a 23 to 17 game. This year. Right, and so when they played them the last time, it was 23 17. So it's not like it was you know Indy went there and just blew them out. And and so I don't know because for a lot of these teams, I mean, they're going to look at this like it's their Super Bowl, right? This is a playoff game for them. This is their shot to knock somebody out of the playoffs. And so. You know, we've seen some crazy stuff even Jacksonville this year. I mean, they hell, they, I mean, they beat the Bills. You know, I mean, earlier in the year. I mean, so crazier things have happened. But my point is that the Steelers are not eliminated. So, yeah, I guess so this one... is like a this is kind of like a playoff game for these two teams because you know, obviously, yeah. you know, there's also one guy we haven't talked about, um, Matthew Stafford, sixty-seven hundred against against the 49ers, divisional game. Um, I mean, the Rams still have a lot to play for. Um, in this game, um, you know, I think they're playing for the second seed in the NFC um, with this game against the 49ers. Um, My issue with Stafford is it's just so hard to stack him up because everybody costs so much, and it's a 44 total. So it's like Vegas is saying that the Rams can have an okay game, uh, but these guys are prices if they're going to score 35 points as a team. Um, and I just don't know that that happens against San, San Francisco, a team that wants to take the air out of the ball and run two clocks. So, um, I, I, you know, on, on a, I don't hate it, but I'm probably not going to get there myself. Yeah, and I think if I did, I think I'd rather play uh, – if Jimmy G is out, I think I'd rather play Trey Lance anyways in that game. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're playing Stafford, you have to play Cup, and Cup costs 10K. Yeah. Um, Things that it. aren't going to happen this week. Yeah, OBJ's fifty-eight hundred, uh, Van Jefferson's fifty-one hundred. So these guys aren't cheap, and Higby can can steal touchdowns from those guys, and he's four K. They're just they're all priced at their ceilings, and it's just unattractive prices. And I, I'm just going to be out on the Rams most likely this week. If one of them burns me, then so be it. We have another quarterback we want to talk about. Jump over to wide or running backs. I'm good myself. I'm good. All right. So at the running back position, we have Jonathan Taylor at 9,300. He barely rose from last week. Uh, Alvin Kamara is 8,300. Nick Chubb is 7,900, but he is questionable this week. You have Dalvin Cook at 7,800. Aaron Jones, who's also questionable at 7,300. Najee, 7,200. Joe Mixon was placed on on COVID, so obviously that'll, that'll make Samaj P. Ryan absolute chalk. David Montgomery, 6,800. Damian Harris is 6,700. Uh, 6, Rashad, league winner, Penny, is 6,500. Smashed last week. And uh, Cordero Patterson, 6,400. James Conner, 6,300. A.J. Dillon is 6,200. Saquon is 6,100. Ronald Jones, 6,100. And Devin Singletary and Elijah Mitchell and Sony Michelle are all 6K. So at the running back position, are you playing Jonathan Taylor? And if so, how much? Probably not going to play Jonathan Taylor this week. It's just it, at ninety three hundred, he basically has to get thirty points. If I'm paying that much, I'm probably just playing Cooper Cup. To be honest, 
which means I'm probably not going to play either of them. Because, I mean, Kev, we went through this last week too. It's like you just go through the the floor-ceiling combination out of outcomes we've seen this year from the two of them. And Cup, Cup's floor has pretty much been Jonathan Taylor's ceiling for the most of the year. If you, th- I mean, you throw out the 56-point the game that Taylor had, uh, and you're pretty much looking at a lot of 28-point games from Taylor. Um, whereas Cooper Cup, he's chugged along at 35 to 40 points, you know, five or six times this year. Um, so he's definitely got a, a more, you know, realistic outcome to, to pay off his salary than, than Jonathan Taylor does. And of course, you know, Taylor can, can have a four touchdown day, but, um, it's just, we haven't really seen like we, how many times have we said that this year though, that Jonathan Taylor has had the, you know, a a great matchup where he can, you know, break the slate and he just hasn't. And now he's $9,300 and he is currently, uh, he is currently projected the second highest on running back behind Antonio Gibson. Uh, and he costs $9,300. So. No. I think the, other thing too, the other thing too that, that worries me about Taylor is the fact they're just not utilizing him in the passing game over the last four weeks. He's only saw four total more. targets, yeah. right? And so he's not seeing passing work either, or so the pass catching work, which I very, very much limits him. Obviously, the ceiling is there because of the fact that you're playing Jacksonville, and you know Jacksonville's really struggled to stop the run, and so you know the ceiling is definitely there. But we haven't really seen a massive ceiling, like you guys said. You know, for the most part, I mean, week eleven was where he scored fifty six point four, but he only has a few other games on the season. I think three other games where he scored north of twenty eight DK points, and that was week nine against the Jets. He scored thirty seven, and then he scored thirty one against Houston, and then thirty four. Uh, against Baltimore in week five. But, you know, all of those were earlier in the season. He had, uh, Lately, I mean, the best we've seen is the 28.3 against Houston, and that was, uh, you know, uh, four weeks ago against, uh, you know, in week 13. But like I said, he's just not seeing any pass catching volume. And unless you think that they're going to be trailing in this game and they're going to have to, but even still, they're, they're still going to run the ball, even if they were to fall behind. And so if he's not going to see pass catching work, like I'm out, like on that at $9,300, right? And, it's very much like we would talk about like Derrick Henry last year and, and spots when he started getting really expensive. If you're not going to catch passes, uh, your ceiling is always going to be a little bit limited unless you can go out and score five or six touchdowns, which I suppose is possible, you know, against Jacksonville. But still, like I'm not counting on that, and I'm not going to bet my hard-earned American dollars on that. That's going to happen. I, I'm with you. Touchdowns are, are a high variance, uh, you know, result in in the sport of football, and it's just. You know, not it's negative EV to bet to bet on a guy that's going to be twenty percent owned uh, at his high salary and, and hope that he scores you three touchdowns because that's that's pretty much what he has to get to burn you because when you cost you know nine k you're you're really looking for you know four x to to reach a two hundred point pace for your you know your return on your your salary and at nine k you know he pretty much needs thirty five points thirty six points to to return that value for you. Um, like at 9K, if he's scoring 28, he's not burning you. Like you don't have to have Jonathan Taylor if he scores 28 points and that's 100 yards and two touchdowns. So like that is still a very good game uh, and he's not burning you. So, And why not just play – and why not just pay the $1,000 less and play Alvin Kamara against Atlanta? Who – I mean he – and he is still seeing pass catching work even with Taysom Hill at quarterback. I mean last week he saw six targets. The week before that, four – six targets before that, five targets, seven. I mean, he's still seeing a lot of targets. And so uh, I would just rather pay down the extra thousand, save the thousand bucks, and, and go play Alvin Kamara. 
Yeah. Um, and Najee Harris too. I mean, what we what was it week three when Deontay Johnson missed the, his only other game this year that he's missed, and Najee saw nineteen targets. <laughs> nineteen. <laughs> nineteen. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think I'm gonna play many of these high priced running backs. Um if I do, it's probably gonna be I'm gonna have some Alvin Kamara. Um, but I'm not gonna play Jonathan Taylor. I'm not gonna play Nick Chubb. Um I'm not playing Aaron Jones. Uh, maybe some Najee Harris, but you know, where I'm looking this week at running back, um, David Montgomery, you know, we talked about him last week. Um, you know, 6,800 this week, you know, another great matchup against Minnesota. Um, and I think he's in that, he's in an absolute smash spot this week. Um, and you know, he's probably going to be the running back that's in, in most of my lineups. Um, and then it just, you know, looking down at these uh, at these other running backs. I mean, DeAndre Swift, 5,900 against Green Bay. Um, no sure. way, no how, no, no thanks. I'm not getting burned on that again. I did it last <laughs> week, and I am not doing it again. But I don't think he, I don't think he actually gets touches this week, though. I think he does. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing it. Uh, we were we were told that Swift was going to handle the the entire workload last week, and that they were going to unleash him. And he was playing third downs only until the second half. It was yeah. first down handoff to John uh, to Jamal Williams, second down handoff to Craig Reynolds, <laughs> third down DeAndre Swift is pass blocking or or running a meaningless route at the top of the screen. It's like no, I I watched I watched that whole game because I was like, I have a chance to min cash because I didn't have any Jamar Chase. Uh, and I stacked the wrong side of the KC uh, Cincinnati game. So I was like, well, I still got a chance to ca- min cash. So let me watch, you know, my DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, unowned 3% that I got. So I, I watched him and I was like, where is he? He's not on the field. What, what, what are we doing here? I could have played Rashad Penny for the same price. And he scored 30 points. I, I got four points out of DeAndre Swift. Like, no, no, I, I can't do it. Can't do it. Didn't, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's tough to trust DeAndre Swift. But the other guy, 6K. Devin Singletary against the Jets. You know, he had a great matchup last week against the Falcons. Smashed 26 DK points. Um, And I think he's going to do exactly the same thing against this week. Um, Against the Jets. We know how terrible their run defense is. But I think the only thing that I'm a little worried about with with Devin Singletary is the ownership. But... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how crazy his ownership is going to get because you have a lot of running backs in that range that people are going to want to play. Um, I think Sony Michelle is going to carry a lot of ownership once again at 6K. And you have even, you know, uh, you know, Singletary is there. If Elijah Mitchell plays, he is going to, you know, with the amount of workload he, he gets, he was a limited participant today. He's going to get ownership. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know how much ownership he really, he really draws. Um, as of right now, I, I, as of right now, Gibson's projected as the highest at 21. Uh, Taylor's at 18. Dalvin's at 15. Montgomery's at 14. Foreman's at 12. And then you got Singletary at 11 and a half. That's and Michelle, yeah, Michelle's right there with Singletary. So it's like, it's like people can't decide between Michelle and Singletary, so they're just split on it. So I will tell you that it's definitely Devin Singletary. I mean, uh, oh, people I should be targeting. 
Because if you look at him, he's playing 80% of the snaps. He's averaging about 14 carries per game, averaging over 90 total yards per game. Um, he is seeing uh, almost four receptions uh, on almost five targets per game, uh, you know, over the last four weeks of the season. And he just continues to smash it. This is an absolute phenomenal matchup for Devin Singletary against the Jets. The Jets have just been absolutely train wreck against the run uh, against the run this year. It's not even close. They allow almost three more DK points a game versus the run uh, that any other team does. And Seattle is at 30. And then you have to drop all the way down to 28 to the next closest, which is the Lions. They have just been dreadful against the run this year. And so Devin Singletary is 100% a smash play um, right now at, at, at only 6K. Um, so, yes, I definitely agree with with him. He is going to be the guy, if I pay down in this range, like he would be the guy that I would target at 6K with the matchup being there and everything else that it is. Like he he is he has become the absolute lead back of this backfield um, over the last four weeks. And it's you'd love to see that they finally decide to uh, actually try to run the ball. Um, the other guy that I will say is I, Rashad Penny is still in play for me at 6,500. Arizona has been gashed all year. They've done a really good job limiting the, the touches on the ground. All right, touchdowns, excuse me, uh, uh, this year. But regardless of that, Rashad Penny, you know, we saw him last week, played 66% of the snaps, 25 carries, actually ran 17 routes, was targeted three times in that game, and he had 185 yards and two touchdowns, 35 DK points. Um, he has three top ten performances over the last four uh, over the last four weeks. Arizona uh, allows the seventeenth most rushing yards, but they have allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns. They have allowed the ninth most receptions and yards on the season. Um, but Rashad Penny is everything that they are not good at uh, for the for the most part, really, with Rashad Penny, right? Uh, because they are they've been gashed. They've given up big runs. Um, Rashad Penny is actually tenth in yards created per touch, but he's first in breakaway run rate and third in true yards per carry on the season. Rashad Penny over the last month of the season has been fantastic, and he's only sixty five hundred. And you just read up ownership, and I don't think I heard you say Rashad Penny's name, and that's a mistake. He was he was uh, in the next tier. He's like it was seven eight percent here. Yeah, uh, I, I will. I will have Rashad Penny this week at sixty five hundred. That is still too cheap for the amount of touches and the opportunities that he is getting. And like I said, he is the back that uh, that they don't want to see because they have been giving up big runs. And Rashad Penny is just gashing teams for big runs every single week. Um, so I like him at sixty five hundred. And then if I'm gonna like, okay, well, let's and let's talk about this. Let's talk about Samaje Piran because he is going to be somebody no, that that people want to play at 5,300 against Cleveland. Like Cleveland has a good run defense. I know that Najee did, you know, just, just fucked him up last week, but Najee Harris or Samaje P Ryan is not Najee Harris. No. And he's not free either. I feel like this is the same one of the, like a very similar conversation we had on Mike Davis last year. Uh, you know, when he was $1,300 cheaper and it's like when he's priced at $5,300, he still has to score you, you know, 20 to 25 fantasy points. So uh, you're looking at, you know, you need a hundred yards and a touchdown or two on the ground, or he needs to be heavily involved in the pass game. And I just, I mean, I guess with a backup quarterback, you know, is the backup quarterback, is he going to just check down to P Ryan? And I mean, that's definitely a possibility, right? But I mean, with a Vegas total of only 16 points uh, for the Bengals, they're one of the lowest on the whole weekend with all their guys sitting. I mean, I I don't know. This Cleveland defense is the, the Cleveland defense is solid, and so I, I definitely have concern. And I think Pirine can end up semi-popular this week. And 
I'm just not going to, that's not a, a, a play that I'm going to end up on, I think. Yeah. No, and why not just play, if you want to pay down, why not just play Dario Gumbawale, who's also cheaper at 5,200? And, I mean, I know what to expect from him. I mean, the last two weeks, 84% of the snaps, 71% of the snaps, uh, 17 carries in week 16, 10 carries in week uh, 17. He ran 29 and 20 routes. You know, he scored a touchdown each of the last two games as well. It's not it's it's not a great matchup, obviously, against Indy, but like why if you want to play somebody who's gonna get all of the touches out of the backfield, why not just play Dara Gumbawale at fifty two hundred, who is right there at the same price as him and is gonna have probably half the ownership. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it, but it's just tough to trust because how much are they gonna run the football if they're down by thirty or whatever? Because he only had nine carries last week against the Patriots, um, and he got smashed. And I think the same thing could happen again this week against the Colts. I, I don't know if that happens. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think know. they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna drop fifty points like the Patriots did last week. But I still, I still think they beat they beat the Jags bad. Um, yeah, I think they probably get like a twenty plus point lead at some point in this game. Um, because the Jags have just been different. They've been terrible, just awful, very bad. Um, yeah. And so I just don't know if he's going to be able to find the end zone this week because if you play Dario Gondolale, you you need him to score a touchdown. Yeah, I mean he's oh, he's pretty sure. much in the same boat as uh, as Pierre, right? Like you're, you you yeah. still need the twenty plus points because there it's not like there are there are no running backs to play. I mean Kamara can break the slate. Uh, Najee Harris got 19 targets the last time Deontay Johnson was out. He can break the slate. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I mean, we don't know, really know, I guess, what Minnesota's going to do. It sounds like they're going to play their guys. He's less than 8K. He could break the slate. Um, you know, then you've got James Conner if if Chase Edmonds is out, yeah. uh, which Chase Edmonds hasn't practiced at all, at all this week. And it sounds like, you know, he's more on the doubtful side of questionable. Uh, you know, and, and the Cardinals have already locked up a playoff spot, so – it's just a matter of seating at this point. So why even, you know, run Chase Simmons out there if, you know, he's going to play on, on one leg pretty much. So um, James Conner is a very interesting option if he's the only running back for Arizona. So there's just a lot of running backs to like that have actually decent ceilings here. Uh, that just has me off of these, you know, $5,300 guys that, you know, maybe they get me 15 points, but that's not going to win me any tournaments. So, are you playing Dante Foreman this week against Houston? He's 5,700. He had 26 carries last week against Miami. Um, I know they smashed the Dolphins. Um, they destroyed the Dolphins, but, you know, the Texans are not a good run defense. Um, and, you know, I know the, Dolph- the, the Dolphins, the Texans have been able to keep these games close lately. Um you know, it's not like they've been smashed or anything, but they've been pretty good offensively. But if he... I think Foreman's more likely to get me 25 than P. Ryan or Dare. Oh, 100%. I agree. Yeah. He's he he absolutely has a 100 yard, two touchdown upside, which is yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think, I think we could see him possibly have, yeah, as you said, two or three touchdowns, you know, because he's the goal line back. He's going to get all these goal line carries. Um, yeah, he's, he's probably, getting like he's getting high volume. It sucks he's not yep. getting any targets at all. But I mean, you can run the ball in Houston. Tennessee needs to play. Then Tennessee needs to win this game. 
Uh, and, you know, once they get into the playoffs, Foreman is out of the picture because Derrick Henry is coming back. So why not just give the guy, you know, 30 touches? Just run and, him into the ground. And and no one's going to play him, right? Like, he's he's going to have almost no ownership, I believe. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure, but I don't think there's going to be much ownership. Uh, he's listed at eleven percent right now, so it's oh, it's really? not any, okay. not anything out of control. I mean, it's that's okay. not high enough to where you know I, I would. Yeah. I thought it would be lower than that, but um, it's it's just so. the running back versus Houston thing. Everybody just tends to gravitate somewhat towards that, no matter what the name is. Well, and I think before we, let's so we can move on over to wide receivers. Um, I, I will say this. I think there are a couple other names that, that are, are going overlooked. I think one of them is Michael Carter. He actually practiced in full today. Uh, so that is obviously a big step for him clearing concussion protocol. Um, you know, last week is so tilting. I had a lot of Michael Carter. And, I mean, it was looking like it was going to be a great day for Michael Carter. Right out the gate, three, he had three carries, 54 yards. It was looking like uh, Michael Carter was going to be in business. And, obviously, that had happened. But this week against Buffalo, like, Buffalo has been really bad against the run this year. And he's only 5K. And uh, like I said, he is back practicing in full. And so I have some interest in Michael Carter. I'm, I, you know, I love to hurt. I love pain, I guess. But I, I'm, I'm going to go right back there to him because we've seen him once he gets a full, you know, full workload. You know, week 16 against Jacksonville, he had 17.4. Um, you know, uh, he hasn't been seeing the same kind of targets he was seeing, you know, with some of the other quarterbacks. But still, uh, he is still seeing some targets here. But Michael Carter at only 5K, I, you know, again, yeah, you know, if you're talking about a Samaj P. Ryan who's going to be somewhat chalky, I've seen people talk about, you know, and people are people use the term free fucking square way too goddamn loosely. Like, people use it all the time. Like, I, I heard people talk about, like, uh, Jonathan Taylor last week said Jonathan Taylor was a free square. Like, like a, a 9K running back cannot be a free square. Or guys that are 6K, he's a free square this week. No, he's not. No, who, like, was the, who was the 4K running back we just played? That guy was a free square. Who... I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who it was. It was either last I week or two weeks ago. Justin Jackson? Yeah, yes. Justin Jackson. That was a free square. That is the definition yeah. of free square. Somebody who costs $0 and is going to see every touch on the field uh, in a good matchup. That's a free square. Yes. Not somebody that costs 9 k or <laughs> Yeah, I agree, Kev. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous quick, to me. Uh, just real quick before we move on to wide receiver. But, um. Are we playing any of the running back, uh, the Buccaneers running backs, if Ronald Jones no. doesn't play? No. No. Because uh, I mean, Brady could easily throw for three or four touchdowns, and I've got no clue how Le'Veon Bell and Keyshawn Vaughn split would look like. I mean, Bell was getting goal line carries last week, so. I think Keyshawn Vaughn would probably be the guy. That would be my guess. Yeah, um, but he's five K. Fifty-three hundred. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fifty three hundred. Like no. Oh, he's yeah. he's definitely not free by any stretch of the imagination, and it's not a great matchup against Carolina. Like Carolina's no. been good against the run. They've allowed. Tampa Bay's looked awful points. the last few weeks. Yeah. Yes, they look like an absolute train wreck, and they're getting they ready to head into the playoffs. Terrible. Things that you don't want to see heading into the heading into the playoffs is this. Um, and they have no weapons now. You're dealing with all the Antonio Brown drama and everything else. Um, yeah. anyways. Yeah, I, I, I probably have zero uh, bucks. And if one of them burns me, whatever. But um, I, I don't think it, none of them really have much of a ceiling here. I think what Maddie said is probably correct, that they just, you know, that they uh, end up just – Carolina uh, defense isn't bad away. either. And Carolina gets a lot no. of pressure on the QB, and that's the one thing Brady has struggled with, especially recently. So I think that game could just be a, a disappointment all around. 
Right, and I think yeah. the only the, like the only other player that I guess we didn't talk about though that I may have is maybe possibly AJ Dillon at sixty two hundred. Like he True. could end up he could end up leading this entire he he made he could be somebody that they just play the entire game. He just goes out, and gets twenty five carries, and absolutely smashes the world against Detroit at sixty two hundred dollars. Wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones has been limited in practice. Obviously, he's been dealing with an injury for a lot of this year. I doubt um, he plays. It's just a matter of do they let Dylan ride the whole game out, or is it going to be just play for a little bit and we'll mix in some other guys? So I'm I'm curious to see how that what the report. Right, I think he's that. he's one of the guys that I think we need to monitor uh, news and how this is going to play out with Definitely. them. That so the Green Bay situation and the Arizona situation are very important uh, for running back this week for sure. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. All right. So let's go over and jump over to wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver, you have Cooper Cup at ninety seven hundred dollars. No. Uh, nope. I can't. I can't. I no. Not for a wide receiver. Um, Devontae Adams is ninety four hundred. I. It sounds like he's going to play. I think he's like twenty two hundred or twenty two hundred twenty two yards away from. Um, it's either an incentive or, or, or a record or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, but he's 9,400. Uh, Debo's 8,500. Jamar Chase at 8,300. Justin Jefferson at 8,100. Stephon Diggs at 7,800. Deontay Johnson 7,600. He got placed on the COVID protocol. He could possibly clear, but it's not looking likely. T. Higgins at 7,200. Mike, Mike Evans is 7,100. A.J. Brown, 7K. D.K. 6,900. Uh, Amon Ross at Brown, 6,800. Love to see that. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 6,400. Jalen Waddell actually drops in price down to 6,300. Brandon Cooks, Walido's Bay at 6,300. Terry McLaurin, 6,200. Christian Kirk at 6K. And that's the list of the 6K and above wide receivers. So, Maddie, kick us off at wide receiver. I'm actually going to let you guys talk about the, the top tier guys. I just really want to bring up two uh, two of the bottom feeders, and then I'll let, I'll let you guys take over wide receiver for the most part. Um, I already mentioned Deontay Harris uh, as a – as a stack with Taysom Hill. And I mean, you can play him without Taysom as well. I mean, he's 3,200. Uh, you know, he has, you know, a, a good amount of target upside here. And it's kind of been, you know, wide receiver roulette in the games that Taysom has started. You know, he took Callaway with him last week and, and Harris with him two weeks or two games ago uh, when he played against Dallas. So there is upside here and he's only $3,200. So definitely somebody I'm eyeing. I played him last week um, in his return from his suspension uh, so I'll, I'll definitely consider playing him again uh, this week at $3,200. And then the other guy is uh, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, $3,800 against Baltimore. We already mentioned, you know, we, we talk about how bad of a pass defense Baltimore's been. 
Ray Ray, even with Deontay playing, has seen 18 targets in the last two games. And uh, Kev, I, I know uh, watching that game Sunday night uh, or Monday night, whenever it was, uh, you were in, a, in our group chat mentioning how many freaking end zone targets is five foot two Ray Ray McLeod going to get uh, on this team? So, you know, they are they are utilizing him down at the, the you know, towards the goal line. So that's, you know, maybe he just takes over the, the Deontay role. And um, I mean, he's a very similar style wide receiver. So, uh, you know, Ray Ray is interesting at 3,800 as well. So those are the two, you know, main guys that I really wanted to uh, to talk about. And I'll kick it to you guys to talk about the high high tier guys. So these top four wide receivers um, this week. So Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Zebo Samuel, and Jamar Chase. Um, no thanks. Um, probably not, I'm probably not going to play any of them. Um, I might have some Justin Jefferson, but these 8K wide receivers, these 8K and up wide receivers, I'm probably not going to play uh, this week. Uh, there's just so much value down there in the 6K, 7K wide receivers. Um, Mike Evans against Caroline. No AB, no Godwin. Who, who else is there? I mean, we're talking about basically Mike Evans and Gronk um, this week. Um, and we know Mike Evans is going to be targeted in the red zone. Uh, you know, probably might catch two touchdowns. Um, might see double-digit targets. So I, I really like Mike Evans this week. Um, and the other guy uh, is A.J. Brown against Houston. In a must-win game for Tennessee, um, I think he sees many, 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 many targets. So these two guys at seven K are, are probably where I'm at. And then this in the six K range, um, surprise, surprise, Brandon Cooks, sixty-three hundred against Tennessee. They've been terrible against the pass. Jalen Waddle. Um, it's not a great matchup against New England, but. At 6,300, I think he's still a few receptions away from the rookie record. Um, I think he's like three receptions away from setting the record or four. Um, he's going to want to hit that, you know, last week of the regular season. So I'm going to have a little, some interest in Jalen Waddle as well against New England. And then I'm, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you know, it's finally time I say it, but Amon St. Brown. You know, I was wrong on him last week. I didn't want to play him at all last week, where it was DFS or redraft. And he still fucking saw double-digit targets. 38 DK points. 38. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that can get you the same production that Cooper Cup is going to get you or Jamar Chase, or Debo Samuel for like 3K less. Um, and they're going to be down against Green Bay. They're going to have to throw the football again. So Monroe St. Brown, 6,800, really like that. I mean, how, I mean, how could you not? I mean, the guy has seen double-digit targets. You have to go all the way back to week 13 from the last time he hasn't sold double-digit targets. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Um, he just continues to get peppered with targets. They even let him get in some – you know, a rushing touchdowns last week. They would get him some rushing uh, attempts. He's had at least two. Uh, he's had two each of the last two games as well. And Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, just continues to crush every single week. And I think, yeah, I, I would agree. $6,800 is still too cheap for the, for the, um, 
for what he's putting up and for the targets that he's seeing. I mean, that's what we chase is opportunity. And, you know, him, I mean, he is continues to see a massive amount of opportunities in this offense. And uh, for an off, for a defense that's likely going to be resting some starters, I would imagine at least by halftime, you know, you're going to see them pull a lot of their defensive starters out as well. And so for Detroit, I mean, this is another matchup. I think they, they could just, you know, that he could play really well and, uh, really take advantage of. So at 6,800, that's still too cheap for him. But in terms of the high price wide receivers, it's there's two guys for me. Justin Jefferson, absolute fucking smash play. Uh, Chicago's secondary is absolutely dreadful. And this is a game at home in the Dome, so we don't have to worry about weather or anything like that this weekend for Justin Jefferson. And I, I think this is a game that's, uh, you know, for him that I think that he could end up just going absolutely nuclear. We know he has that sort of ceiling. Kirk Cousins is back, so, you know, you know, also something that you love to see. And, again, you have to go all the way back, you know, really outside. I mean, you have to go almost kind of back to week nine, for the, you know, whenever he was seeing a little bit less targets. I mean, but other than that, you're looking at 11, 12, 10, 15, 14, uh, nine, 10, 11 targets, you know, you know, so he's just being peppered with targets. Adam Thielen's not playing. And so he is going to see a ton of targets here. Now, yes, it's a meaningless game for them, but you know, uh, I think for Justin Jefferson, I think you see him see a lot of targets here in this game and at $8,100, I think he makes a lot of sense. I, I think that, um, you know, he has the same ceiling as somebody like Cooper cup does. He's seeing very similar target totals, um, as Cooper cup. And Cooper Cup is $9,700. I just can't do it uh, with him. When it comes to a wide receiver that's that expensive, considering that, the, you know, that yes, he has a game where he's 50 targets, but for the most part, we're looking at, you know, 10, 11 targets a game for Cooper Cup. And I can't pay that kind of money for a player that's only going to see 10 or 11 opportunities, you know, in, in an offense. Like that's, that's reserved for Christian McCaffrey range. You know, somebody that has that nuclear upside every time he touches the ball um, for Cooper Cup, you know. I mean, Cooper Cup, I mean, he has one game this year where he has 40, but he does have a lot of 30s and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know, obviously, Cooper Cup has been fantastic this year with 138 receptions, 1,800 yards, and 15 touchdowns. But at $9,700, like, he has to go off to kill you, which we've already talked about that. So I'm not playing him. But so for me, it's Justin Jefferson, and then Stefan Diggs is also a really good spot at 7,800 against the Jets. We did see with some of the guys come back that target share dropped a little bit. He went from 13 targets in week 16 when when Corey Davis or Corey Davis, uh, Gabriel Davis, and Cole Beasley were out. He still had nine targets last week against Atlanta in a game that they really controlled. But I, I don't mind Stephon Diggs are the two guys that I would probably look to pay up for. Uh, other than that, uh, AJ Brown at 7K uh, I think makes a ton of sense at that price tag. You know, we, we know his ceiling. Obviously, they kind of smashed last week. They didn't have to throw the ball. He only saw five targets in that game. Uh, coming off the game against San Francisco, where he had 34 and a half and absolutely crushed. Um, but, you know, once we get past those guys, and let's get down to some of these other wide receivers. Because I think, again, you don't really necessarily need to pay up at wide receiver. Because you look at some of these wide receivers here. You know, I don't know why you didn't really mention Brandon Cooks. But $6,300, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks is definitely a play. But Christian Kirk at six k, love him. Michael Pittman. It's a little thin because, like I said, if there, I think there's a scenario where they don't really have to throw the ball. But he gets incredible matchups here. Uh, he is somebody that can see, you know, ten to twelve targets here um, for him. You know, we saw that two weeks ago against Arizona where he saw twelve targets. But Darno Mooney, absolutely love him, especially if it's Andy Dalton that's starting again. In this game, you know, last week he saw 12, uh, 13 targets, excuse me, against the Giants. Nine targets before that. He's obviously the preferred target here 
for Andy Dalton, and he is only 5,900. So I think he is uh, also a, in line to be kind of a smash play here. And then I think K.J. Osborne. I don't mind K.J. Osborne either at 5,500 in a stack. If you want a full game stack, this this, this Chicago-Minnesota game, um, you know, and go with a, a Cousins, Jefferson, and K.J. Osborne stack. I don't mind doing that as well. You know, last week with Sean Mannion, he still saw five targets, but the week before that, he saw seven. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen obviously is not coming back, and so I don't mind KJ Osborne at fifty five hundred. If you if once you get down here in this five K range of wide receivers, and then of course Jay Claypool, if you know Deontay Johnson, I mean, eventually, you know. He's going to have to finally target Chase Claypool eventually, right? If you don't know Deontay Johnson, you would think this would be the spot. He's only 5,100 against a terrible matchup. I mean, the stars are aligning for Chase Claypool because the the, the Baltimore Ravens are absolutely terrible against the deep pass. They've allowed the most uh, pass plays of 20-plus yards. That's obviously Chase Claypool's specialty is a deep threat. So, I mean, he did see nine targets last week, very inconsistent targets because he only saw three receptions for 17 yards. But 15 regardless, in three. Yeah. Uh, missed. Yep. Uh, we saw 15 targets in that game. So yep. Chase Claypool, $5,100, uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, at that I, I like that a lot. I probably won't. On, I probably won't end up with two Pittsburgh guys. Like, I won't play both Ray Ray and – Claypool together. It's probably going to be a uh, either or for me. Um, like I'm, I'll probably what I'm probably going to end up doing if I play only one team is going to end up playing Deontay Harris with Chase Claypool. Uh, if, if I had to make a decision right now, that's probably what I would end up with. Um, you know, to get a, that cheap wide receiver exposure. But I, I agree. I, I'm with you guys. Like I, none of these super high priced guys really stand out to me other than Justin Jefferson. Um, and I mean, even him. There's definitely concerns around Minnesota. Uh, that offense hasn't, you know, been great recently. But uh, and and teams are d- starting to double team Jefferson, especially with Thielen out. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's gonna. I think I'm gonna end up paying up at running back and tight end this week, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much with you guys at wide receiver. And then before we, before we flip over to tight end, uh, if, if I'm going to play some cheap guys. I think, uh, again, I keep talking about this guy, and I'm going to keep talking about him now, and that is Antoine Wesley, uh, a guy that Kyler Murray has built a rapport with over the last couple of, uh, you know, last uh, few weeks. And he's kind of the big body wide receiver there in that offense, kind of like the DeAndre Hopkins type role uh, for him. Uh, had two touchdowns last week, something they definitely looked to in the red zone. Had 19 DK points last week and only 3,600. I uh, played some uh, Antoine Wesley because, uh, you know, that's what I do. And it paid off uh, for sure. Only five targets in that game against Dallas. And then he off uh, four and then eight targets the weeks before that. He's still only $4,100. Big retired red zone threat again, again uh, you know, at home against Seattle, 4100 So I like him. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to do it again. And I'm probably going to play Allen Robinson. <laughs> He's only 4K. Saw six targets last week, right? Last game, the the, the coup de gras for uh, Allen Robinson before he gets to hit free agency. Thank goodness. Um, but he is only 4K. And, you know, a matchup against which what could end up being a little bit more of a shootout than what people are giving it credit for against a Minnesota secondary that is absolutely dreadful just terrible that secondary is that they have there in minnesota so you know uh you know it sounds like that andy dalton is probably gonna be the quarterback again this week but only 4k did see six targets in an absolute blowout last week um you know against the uh giants that was 29 to 3 there in that game so i don't mind that either 
Um, but other than one, that, that, that's kind of, you know, there's also, there's that's a, where I'm, I'm looking. There's one other guy I want to talk about. Um, did it last week. Did it two weeks ago. Doing it again this week. 4,900 Braxton Berrios. Against the Bills. I can't do it, man. <laughs> I can't. I mean, but he, he was great last week. 12 targets. He was 35% owned, and he fucking broke the slate. I mean, come yeah. on. And I think he's going to do it again this week. I think it's a similar matchup that did last you week. You know what? For, for your sake, Wally, for your bankroll, and so that you can keep donating to the, to the DFS show, uh, I hope he does get there for you. <laughs> It worked too Count me out on that one. I am not playing a five. You know what's funny? Game. You know it's it's actually funny about that is on yeah. our uh, live start. I think it was start set show that we did. That was that. Is that the one you were on, Walido? Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, and so he he was on that, and I think he brought him up and said that that's somebody that somebody should play. And like Cody just absolutely buried him. Like absolutely not. But, I will not play back to Barrios. You, you also did. I, I remember. I don't think I don't know if you remember, but uh, it was that one guy that I, I think. Was playing for twenty uh, for twelve hundred dollars for a fantasy yeah. championship, and I told him to play Braxton Berrios, <laughs> and you said absolutely not. I am not playing a Jets player he, for twelve hundred dollars. Was it a punt or a kickoff? They returned for a TD. I think that was two weeks ago. I don't think that was last week. Oh, yeah, that was wasn't last week. week. Well, yeah, he's run. Nice. He's run absolutely pure over the last two weeks. I mean, he's yeah. Got well, last week he had, he had eight catches on twelve targets, a touchdown, but he also got a rushing touchdown. He had a as rushing well. one, yeah. Now we do have to mention that he has not practiced um, yet this week either. Now it does not sound like it's anything serious—a quad contusion. But he has not practiced. But there is a. But I will say this: uh, at forty-nine hundred dollars, that that's why I, I can't. Like at when he was thirty-seven hundred dollars, and I actually played him last week. I had a few lineups with him. Um, because he was just so cheap and he was just sitting there and there was nobody yeah. else there that was gonna play. Yeah, that I mean there's they're missing so many pieces. Is Eli- Elijah Moore is not playing, right? Doesn't no, sound like so. he has a chance to play, but it doesn't sound like he will. It says uh, they continue for, to take part in rehab work off to the side yeah, uh, during Thursday's uh, portion of practice, for, uh, but unlikely to be able to play. Okay. So I, I didn't know if he if so if he's he's gonna be out. They're missing so many different pieces that yeah. he's going to see a lot of targets. But um, forty nine hundred dollars that is that is pretty thin. One thing I'm worried about is that um, Jamison Crowder had a limited practice in this week as well, so he might be also he might also be back um, this week. So if Jamison Crowder plays, then I'm not playing Braxton Berrios. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing him at all. <laughs> I played him. I played him, and I played him some last week. I, I did. I got out. Um, I, I, I saw he was like the highest projected owned wide receiver, and I was like, I don't, I, I, I'm not playing Braxton Berrios. I don't, I don't care if he's, if you. I mean, you're now, now me he three thousand dollars in salary to play him. He is now priced around guys like Rashad Bateman, Gabriel Davis, yeah, no, Cole no Beasley. Thanks. I mean, yeah, it's it was different last week when he was thirty five hundred, and you know he was you know kind of a free square. You know, if, I, I felt like okay, if he sees you know eight or nine targets here, you know uh, he could yeah. pay off the salary. You know, being a, where he was at, but. Not now at $4,900. He is priced way too high. Not to mention the fact that the guy he is going to be seeing in the slot is by far their best corner they have right now in Teron Johnson. Um, and, and Buffalo, he has been an absolute stud uh, this year. And so this is a uh, just nut worst matchup for him uh, in that matchup there. So uh, no thanks. But 
So yeah, that that's kind of where I stand at wide receiver, anyways. Um, for me, uh, those are kind of the, the direction I'm going to go. And like I already said, if I have to make a decision between uh, Lockett and Metcalf, uh, I don't know. I, I I guess I would lean Metcalf. I was looking at the last time these two teams played. Metcalf saw eight targets in, in that game against Arizona when it was in Seattle, and Lockett only saw five. But Lockett had the better game; he had 115 total yards. This is also the site, I believe it was at Arizona, where Tyler Lockett went absolutely fucking nuclear last year. I think where he had like 40 or 50 points, um, just went absolutely off. But regardless of that, uh, I think both of them are viable plays. I already, but we already talked about those guys. So let's just go ahead and jump over to tight end, unless you guys, somebody else, you guys want to mention. I'm good. All right. So at tight end, we have uh, Mark Andrews at 7,500, George Kittle at 6,700, Gronk at 6,300, Kyle Pitts at 5,700, Dawson Knox at 5,400, Zach Ertz at 53, Gasecki at 5,100, Patty Fry at 4,600, Conklin at 4,200, Hunter Henry and Tyler Higby are both 4K. So you mentioned that you wanted to pay up, Maddie. Who you want to pay up for? Uh. If Garoppolo is playing, it's George Kittle. Um, I mean, we've seen, you know, I mean, it's been the case for, for Kittle's entire, you know, tenure in, in San Francisco. But, I mean, when San Francisco blows out these other teams, you know, they don't really they don't really throw the ball. But, I mean, you get into close games. So, you look at week 14, three-point win against Cincy. He had 15 targets. Uh, Seven-point loss to Seattle. He had 12 targets. 14-point loss to Arizona, he had eight targets. Seven-point loss to Seattle, he had 10 targets. Two-point loss to Green Bay, he had nine targets. So in these games where, you know, they're trailing or playing in close games, Kittle tends to be heavily, more heavily involved uh, than he typically is. And, you know, he's getting a, a slight price decrease from what his ceiling can be. I mean, we, we know Kittle can go out there and score 35 points just like Mark Andrews can. So uh, you're, you're definitely having him, you know, at 6,700, you really need him to score, you know, 25 points to, to kind of pay that off. And he can definitely get there. He's one of the few tight ends that can get there this week, uh, I think. Um, so I definitely have interest in him. I, I become a little more concerned if Trey Lance is the starter, just because Lance is more of a, a run and gun kind of guy. He's less accurate with his passes. And Garoppolo is definitely more accurate of a passer and can, you know, get the ball to George Kittle on a more consistent basis. So, um Definitely going to be paying attention to the quarterback situation there. And if uh, Jimmy G does not play, uh, I don't know how you just don't play Mark Andrews here. I mean, he's pretty much a lock for 15 points at this point, and we know he can very easily score you 30-plus, with, especially with Huntley at QB. Uh, Huntley has been his – he has been Huntley's main guy uh, at the position. And, you know, Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh defense has not really been that great uh, you know, as a whole this year. And uh, people tend to forget that. They see Pittsburgh and, you know, they kind of shy away a little bit. So 7500 is is a steep price to pay, but uh, that's one I'm willing to pay uh, this week. I, there's just not really any cheap guys that, that I like. I know, Kev, you'll you'll probably talk me into some some dumpster diver, but um, like Brevin Jordan, considering he's on the slate. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be Kittle for me if, if Jimmy G's in and, and Andrews if he's not. I, I totally agree with you, Matty. Um, I am not paying down a tight end. So I'm paying up. It's, it's disgusting. It's yep. disgusting. There are really no one. But when I say no one, absolutely no one um, that I'm interested in, um, in, basically in these 4K and under guys, a tight end. Um, 
you know, you talked about George Kittle. I totally agree. Um, Gronk, um, you know, talked about him last week as a leverage playoff, Antonio Brown um, against the Jets. He smashed. Yeah. Saw 10 targets, seven catches, 115 yards, 21 and a half DK points. Um, I mean, now we're talking about basically only Mike Evans there, a wide receiver. We were talking about only Antonio Brown last week. Now it's Mike Evans. Um, I think Gronk would see 10 targets again, if not more, in this matchup, especially if Ronald Jones doesn't play. Then I think we just see Tampa Bay throw the ball even more, uh, maybe 40-plus times. So I love Gronk. Um, you talk about Mark Andrews, I agree, but um, one guy that Zach Ertz against Seattle, ever since DeAndre Hopkins has been out, he just keeps seeing targets. He just keeps getting more and more targets every week. He's, he is uh, Kyle Rue's guy. Um, nine targets last week, seven receptions. Um, only 41 yards, didn't find the end zone, but he's been getting a lot of targets. Seattle's defense is terrible. Um, the highest point total on the slate. Just yeah. a great spot for Zach Ertz. And I think Ertz is interesting too. I mean, you look yeah. at his his production over the last four weeks or whatever. Um, I mean, if he catches a touchdown in what is it, two of those? Yeah, he scored 11, 13, and thirteen over the last three. So without any touchdowns, so you give him a touchdown in each of those, and you're looking at seventeen, twenty, and twenty. Uh, and he already is my issue with Ertz and, and why I didn't mention him originally is he's currently projecting to be the highest on tight end on the slate. And I get it. it. It makes sense. It's a, it's a great matchup. Seattle, you know, they've historically been a matchup that we can, you know, target tight ends against them. Uh, and, and ever since Deandre Hopkins went down, Ertz has been, you know, the, the main he's, he has the highest target share on the team uh, with Christian Kirk just behind him uh, since Hopkins went down. So it, it's definitely a good matchup and, and, and you know, a great spot. Um, it's just going to be a matter of what my total, you know, ownership for my team looks like. And, and if I, you know, do I need that, that $1,400 elsewhere? Uh, you know, what my, my, you know, Maddie 2v2, what, what my 2v2 looks like paying down <laughs> a little bit at tight end, you know, coming off of Mark Andrews or George Kittle to get to Ertz, uh, as opposed to, you know, saving that 1400 and, and using it at wide receiver or something like that. So, I'm not gonna. I, I would definitely wouldn't knock you for playing Ertz. I just, I am weary that his ownership could get out of control, and if he doesn't catch a touchdown, he's not gonna burn you. Well, I mean, I mean, I like Dawson Knox this week, but like, he hasn't really seen sure. targets the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah, with with everybody right. back. I mean, two last week against Atlanta, three against New England. Um, but I still think that he's kind of a touchdown or bust type play, and at 5400, it makes him a little bit harder to trust. But it is a great matchup against the Jets. But Patty Fry, once again, at $4,600 uh, is just in an excellent spot with yep. no Deontay Johnson. Uh, Baltimore struggling there. Um, so really like him at $4,600. And then, you know what, Manny? I'm really starting to wonder if you're really are, – are you really – are you really a, a, a Dan Arnold fan, I, or are you not? Because Dan Arnold might be back on this slate, and he is absolutely free uh, against a matchup against the Colts, who absolutely struggle against stopping opposing tight ends. They have allowed the third most DK points on the season, and Dan, Car- Dan Arnold is coming back for Week 18 to save us all. Dan Arnold. How about how about some Dan Arnold? Uh, 
You ready for? No. Are you ready for? Are you ready to play some Dan Arnold? No, I, no, I'm not. He was activated from the COVID list today. He's only twenty five hundred dollars. Have you seen the Jacksonville offense try to score points? I have, but I've also seen that even in the game that he last played, last full game he played healthy, week ten against this Indianapolis team defense. Five catches on eight targets, 67 yards, 13.7 DK points. Our, our king, Dan Arnold. He, I mean, he's pretty much not going to catch a touchdown because uh, Jacksonville does not score touchdowns. So, that it's, I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw his first touchdown he, since, what, week two? He's not scoring. No, he still has to clear uh, – he still has to get activated from IR. He was cleared from COVID, so he's good to go there. Um, but Dan Bevel – or uh, Dare Bevel said today – that there's a real chance that Darren Arnold could return against the uh, against the Colts. I'd love to to pull the trigger on that, but I uh, I just can't do it. Can't do oh, it. we're doing it. We're I, I'll tell you right now. If Dan Arnold is cleared, I am playing Dan Arnold on the Week 18 slate. And when he wins me a million dollars, I'm buying every. I'm buying not just one Dan Arnold jersey. I'm buying the Jags jersey, home and away. I'm you, buying the Panthers Dan if Arnold. He, if he I'm wins buying you, the Cardinals, the Saints, all of them. <laughs> I think if he wins you a million dollars, you will have you will have made more money than Dan Arnold this year. <laughs> I don't care. Dan Arnold is always bay to this podcast. Okay, he is always life, and he is just returning just in time to okay. save us. If you, Josh, with the the heavy hitting stats here, he Trevor Lawrence has the same amount of tackles as he has touchdowns since week eight. There you go. There you hey, go. But that, you know what? <laughs> the correlation to some of that is that they didn't have Dan Arnold, so Dan Arnold's been out. But uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't. There's no way I wasn't going to mention Dan Arnold. So if Dan Arnold is cleared, and he is he is activated, we uh, we're playing Dan Arnold, right? You are, you are. <laughs> wow, you have you are, you are out of the circle of trust. We have uh, you know, where me and Dan are in here. You are now outside with Ryan and Josh That's, Hill. Okay, no, abs- absolutely not. Don't you ever. <laughs> That's where it started. That's where it started. It was it was uh it was Dan Arnold. I, I put us on it, and then and Maddie carried it home for us wanting to play Dan Arnold. And Ryan was like, No, I'm playing Josh Hill. It was all it was all history after that. Dan Arnold went out and caught a touchdown, smashed the it was a showdown slate. It's yeah, Thursday night, uh Thanksgiving. He was like less than one percent owned, and that's how Dan Arnold Dan, Dan the man was born. So I, I'm still holding strong. He has jumped off. So if Dan Arnold plays, we're playing him at, thir- at 2,500. <laughs> the other one, um, 3,500. No, 2,500. Oh, 2,500. Okay. So. Excuse me. Yeah, the Nutmen. Uh, other than that, I think that's that's kind of where I stand at tight end. If I'm paying up, I agree with George Kittle. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays, can't do it with Trey Lance. Uh, Gronk makes a lot of sense at 6,300. If Kyle Pitts can play, I don't mind it, but I don't love it either at his price. I think Kyle Pitts is probably the only, the one guy that I'm staying away from. I the, with, I'd rather just pay 400 less for Hertz. Too. Yeah, or just 600 more for Gronk. And, yep. It's in no man's land. That, Saints have historically yeah. been very good against the tight end as well. I don't know if is Malcolm Jenkins back this week. I don't even think it matters, but I know he was out last week. No. The, the whole defense was pretty much out for New Orleans. For me, I'm probably not paying up a tight end. I'll probably just play Patty Fry 
Um, mix in some Dawson Knox there, and then you know, of course, you know, Dan, Dan Arnold. Yeah. No, if Brevin Jordan this week. I don't mind Brevin Jordan. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think he's viable. Um, you know, I've been on Brevin Jordan for a while. Um, you know, he's a little scary. Uh, last week he only saw one target, which was a shame because before that he was four, seven, four, three. You know, very much touchdown or bust. But you know, had been viable, had been an option there. He, you know, but he is still only twenty seven hundred dollars. So I think you can do it. You know, I, I don't hate it. Uh, I like Brevin Jordan. Let's jump go. over to defense, though. You got the Bucks at 4K, the Colts at 3,800, the Bills at 3,700, $3,600 Patriots, Packers at 3,500, the Saints are 3,400, the Titans 3,300, the Ravens at 3,200, Washington football team 3,100, a team with no name that's about to have a name, uh, the, Ra- <laughs> the Rams at 3,100, Steelers at 3K, the Bengals at 3K. Now let's go down to the spot where we always like to play, and let's go to, let's go dumpster diving for the tight or for the defenses. And you got the Jets, the Jags, the Dolphins at twenty four hundred dollars, the Lions at twenty four hundred dollars, the Seahawks, the Panthers, Browns, Texans, Cardinals. What are we doing at tight? What are we doing at defense? Oh, uh, it's 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 really only between four teams for me. There's one. Point. There's one obvious one. The Browns. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they're going to be the highest end. Yeah. The without without Joe Burrow, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't mind playing the Texans defense. Twenty six hundred against Tennessee. Um, they haven't been that bad, but Carolina twenty five hundred. That's been, where I was going to go. I'm good with that. that. And Thanks. then. And then Miami, and then Miami at twenty four hundred against New England. Uh, I, I also like. I don't mind that either. I'm good with Detroit as well, assuming Green Bay sits there, guys. I think the two that I would have the most interest in down here uh, would probably be the Dolphins or the Panthers. Those would be the two that I would that I would probably have some interest in. I do think that I mean, so the Washington football team makes some sense, but they're I mean you're paying up for them at thirty one hundred dollars. Not that that's like crazy expensive for a defense. I don't you know if you if you have the extra money, the, the way it always works out for me, and you know I think Maddie agrees same thing is I build my team and whatever I have left over is what I'll figure yep. out for a defense. I'm not going to build. You around can't predict plug-in. defense is so unpredictable. And a perfect example, uh, let me pull it up. Let's see, Washington gave up. 56 points. Well, it was technically 50 because of a defensive touchdown. They gave up 50 points and they only scored minus one to Dallas two weeks ago. It's like no matter how bad a defense does, pretty much their floor is is zero around zero points. So it's like you can't predict defensive touchdowns. I mean, you can predict, you know, which defenses may get more pressure on the opposing offenses, whether it's, you know, more more dropbacks, a worse offensive line. Because, uh, you know, getting pressure on the QB is what leads to turnovers, sack fumbles, interceptions, and that those lead to, to touchdowns. Um, but, I mean, you can't really predict the touchdowns. And so, like, even if a team, you know, if a team only is only going to give up, you know, 13 points but can't get pressure on the QB, they're still only going to get you a handful of points anyway. So, it's like, just just fill it in last. I always, I always fill in defense last. Yeah, whatever you can fill in. All right. You, you guys ready? We're, are you ready to pop uh, old Walido's uh, light, uh, light up cherry here? Let's do it. 
the proverbial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is the time of the show. You know, we, we now we went through the entire slate. This is the time that we build a DraftKings lineup and one that we submit. Um, Walido, this is your first time being on the show. So why don't you start things off? Where are we going with the lineup? Let's go with David Montgomery. All right. We're already paying the rake. So, <laughs> uh, Maddie, you go next. Uh, I mean, do you want to pay the rake more? Uh, Deontay Harris, 3,200. Oh, God. This is starting off fantastic here. <laughs> Let's go with. I'm going to lock it. Oh, man. I'm going to go put Devin Singletary. I mean, bullet running best with smash spots this week. Monty, Monty and Singletary. Uh, let's go. I don't want to pick a quarterback. <laughs> I, I, I think there's an interesting game stack this week. And it's it concerns me because of how much, you know, I kind of like it. Uh, and the Vegas total is only 41 and a half. Pittsburgh is and Baltimore. Huntley, you want to play Huntley? I do like Huntley, yeah. I think the the Huntley-Andrews-Harris-Claypool stack is very, very, very interesting with Deontay Johnson out. And as long as as long as long Pittsburgh can keep pace, uh, and, you know, if they get, if they score quickly, like hit a, a Claypool strike. You know what? Let's go with Tyler Huntley. Let's do it. I'm a big Huntley guy. I like Huntley from a fantasy perspective. I mean, he's re- he's rarely going to burn you, and he's cheap. He's got great. He's got big rushing upside. And then would okay. probably could probably get Andrews in. Yeah, my I'm a, I would stack Andrews with him. So go ahead and throw him in. And then Kev, you can pick which Steeler if you want, or I can do it on the next go round, or while you do. I'm going to lock in Tyler Lockett at 6,400. Interesting. So I assume you're going to lock in Claypool, one of you guys? I think I would rather play Ray Ray McLeod. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know how, you know, like, what, what, like are we just, are we trying to have $6,000 left over when this lineup is done, <laughs> or, or what are we doing here? I mean, if we do, we can play Brandon Cooks. I already had Claypool locked in. Now I got to. You know what? Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's Claypool. Go Claypool. Go chase label. I think since we already have Harris, I would side with not doing Ray Ray. I think trying to pair two of those like really cheap uh, guys cool. that are you know high variance like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just uh, not. We need to flex in a defense. Yeah. With ninety three hundred dollars. Or do you want to swap out Harris and go go with him and go with Clay or go with Ray Ray McLeod? Claypool and Claypool. No, remove Clay. Remove okay. Claypool. Go with McLeod and remove Harris. Let's see, Manny. I'm playing around with it. At least that's what thirty eight. Oh. Uh, um. 
receiver is just tricky this week. I kind of like the Claypool Harris build better just because of how wide receiver is. I mean, there's still so Kev, if we go Claypool and Harris, um, you can pretty much go for your flex. Claypool Harris. Yeah, so if like you throw in the Dolphins, for example, twenty four hundred, they leave sixty nine hundred in the flex. So Amon Ra at sixty eight, Penny at sixty five, Waddle at sixty three, Cooks at sixty three, Connor and Dylan sixty three, sixty two. I mean, there's interesting options in there in that range. I mean, you can play Harrison McLeod together, and then you can fit Justin Jefferson if that's something you want to do. Hmm. I personally wouldn't play myself, wouldn't play McLeod and Harris together, but I mean, in, in a large field tournament, I don't hate it. But I don't, I typically play in a lot of smaller field stuff. What about if we swapped, uh, what, what about if we swapped Devin Singletary with Alvin Kamara? And that would still leave $4,600 in the flex. And McLeod instead of Harris, or keep. No, you can Harris. leave. You can leave Harris or. So Clay, so Lockett, Claypool, and Harris. Harris, yeah. Lockett, Claypool. So these forty six hundred for the flex. Which looking at this, I mean, you're looking at guys like Donovan yeah. Jones. I almost mm. prefer the the Singletary side. This is but gross. If we... The my main man Antoine Wesley at forty one hundred. Hey Rob. So, if we keep Kamara in with Montgomery, and then we, and we decide to play Harris and McLeod together instead of Claypool, that would leave us with fifteen nine hundred for the flex. And then, from there at fifteen nine hundred, I mean we can get, we can get Michael Pittman, Darnell Mooney, or we can play Dante Foreman in the flex. Do you guys like AJ Brown enough to make it worth getting to him? Or is he not really somebody you guys are high on? I mean, Houston's kind of been good against the pass. Yeah. yeah. I think I would just rather play maybe Dante Foreman in the flex or something. Yeah, because because yeah. if you go Najee instead of Kamara, you can get to AJ Brown. But I'm not necessarily sold on Brown having a 30-point outing. All right, so this one I'm going to lock in. Uh, I'm going to lock in Christian Kirk, a uh, little mini stack with Tyler Lockett in there. All right. uh, a little mini stack at 6K. That leaves 9K available um, or $3,300 if we want to play a different defense and pay up for a defense. We can do that. Or we can stick with the Dolphins and we can use the money somewhere else. Wait, so read me your team? Yeah. Right now we have it as Huntley. Montgomery, Singletary, Claypool. Okay, so you kept Singletary. I had Kamara in there. Yeah, I had Kamara as well. Yeah, yeah I you, dropped you, it back down. Okay. So six K. Uh, Lockett, play. Mark Andrews, Christian Kirk with thirty three hundred dollars remaining for a defense. I, we think even... I don't. I don't want to play. I don't want to. I don't like paying up for a defense. I'd be good. Because hmm. then I would just rather play just play a Browns defense at twenty six hundred. I you know, hate this slate. I mean, just I don't really care about ownership for defense. 
I don't know about you boys, but I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, our team is off the rails anyways, so we can play a chalky Browns D. That's not a problem. So read, read off the team, Kev, with the Browns in there? With the Browns? It would have been yeah. Huntley, Montgomery, Singletary, Claypool, Harris, Lockett, Andrews, Kirk, Browns. If that's what we decide to go with. We can also change Monty to Najee Harris if we went into full stack Pittsburgh with the Huntley team. But so I'm, I'm good with Monty too. I'm good with either. So actually, uh, I actually already tried. <laughs> I'm I'm messing around. I uh, actually took out Monty and put in Camara to see if that could work. Um, it can leave it. And then that would that would that would leave fifty four hundred at wide at the flex. Um, and I think. So what if what if we drop off Monty and just pay down running back and then see what we can do wide receiver with more money? I oh, think I, I like was... the, I like the build Kevin's rolling with at the moment. If there's a fifty four hundred, my thought I mean, my thought was, what if we went with AJ Green and 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 go with him? He's fifty four hundred. We could go with him with the flex. If he's still the skinny stack with Lockett and AJ Green, we could do that. He's an option at fifty four hundred dollars. <throat> um, the other options would be you could double double dip tight end. Yeah, go with Dawson Knox. He's a bit, he's an option. Ertz, go with the, yeah, Ertz. That's fifty three. I don't. I honestly don't mind Ertz as a mini stack with Lockett because, like I said, if if Ertz catches a touchdown, he has he can score twenty points. And with the amount of targets, he's actually yeah. That, let's go with that. I'm good with it. All right, so we'll lock this in. Uh, <laughs> the longest build we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> Week eighteen so, for you. Yeah, we got Huntley, Kamara, Singletary. Uh, Claypool, Deontay Harris, Tyler Lockett. I cannot believe we're playing two Saints. I just not realize that. Um, uh, Tyler Lockett, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, and Dolphins defense at twenty four hundred dollars. You're playing Atlanta. Be right. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> but all right, so we're locking that lineup in. I, I like that lineup. I think it's different. It's that it doesn't have a bunch of chalk in it, and we're going double tight end, which is already contrarian enough, um, you know, which is not something that uh, does a lot, but you know, it can definitely take something down. So, I like this lineup quite a bit. I think it's an interesting, uh, interesting lineup here. So, uh, other than that, um, you know, Walido, I appreciate you jumping on with us and uh, being on with the show, and uh, you know, getting out of the comment section. You know, Josh has been killing it in the comment section. Uh, love love to see that. Love to see the uh, interaction with the show. And honestly, just because it's week 18, this great thing about DFS, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we'll be back we'll, for playoffs, baby. Yes. Well, uh, we will be back next week for the wild card. We'll be back for division round. Oh, the wild card and, weekend is going to be insane. And we have the championship week um, as well. We are here for all of those slates. And I think we even did the – did we do the Super Bowl last year? I know we've done it in years yeah, past. we did. And I think we just talk about like the sh- we just make it a showdown slate and just kind of talk through it. And then we talk about some other random stuff. But so we we're not going anywhere. We have a lot of shows left to do. Uh, I please please DraftKings do not make it a two game mini or a two or three game mini slate on Saturday and a mini slate on Sunday and then a showdown on Sunday. Like I know 
I know DraftKings uh, that you that you love money and you're just trying to get your hands on as much money as you possibly can before the NFL cash cow runs out for this year. But <laughs> please just make it a Saturday and Sunday slate. Do not change it because I'm going to be real upset if that's the way they do it. And, and you know, right, anyways, but we'll find out. But anyways, full slate. Yes, give us the Saturday Sunday. That's awesome. So you can you know you can uh, make your late swaps and everything. You can tilt your face off with your lineups Saturday into Sunday. And, uh, you know, make some decisions there. So I hope that's what they do. But we'll see. It should be a good weekend of football, Saturday and Sunday football this weekend. Um, And, you know, if you haven't already, jump into our Discord. It is absolutely free. You can find a link to that in in the comment section or in the, excuse me, in the description on our YouTube channel. And I'll also leave it on the description of the podcast for listening to this via podcast like i said it's absolutely free to join we have redraft dynasty dfs i mean literally everything in there that you possibly could want um and i'm in there that's probably the only reason you want to join anyways uh i will be in there you know to do whatever you need to do so i appreciate it rocking with us this year you know we are on to the nfl playoffs let's win some money i hope everybody has a good weekend uh, stay safe out there, and let's win some money to stack up before the NFL uh, the NFL playoffs start next week. Have a good night. We'll catch you on the next one. We, we out. out. You can tell me what to do. You know who you're talking to. Well, you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> Treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Just stop wanting me to be someone else Be like a book on a shelf guy